Today's episode of the Handsome Genius Club radio show is brought to you by Patreon, specifically patreon.com slash my name is Kingdom. Subscribe to my Patreon for as little as $2 a month to help me keep making this show and receive exclusive weekly podcasts, extra panels for my comic strips, an archive of my comic book work, classic podcast episodes, and more. Coming soon to Patreon will be exclusive classic television watch-along videos. Half review, half mystery science theater, all fun. That's patreon.com slash mynameiskingdom. Join my pop culture cult today. It is Thursday, the 11th of February, 2021. Gina Carano got herself fired from The Mandalorian last night. And you're listening to the Handsome Genius Club Radio Show. Hey kids, welcome to the show. My name is Kingdom, Anthony Kingdom James. Yes, Gina Carano is gone. Uh, I'll tell you something. I was a proponent of Gina Carano's, uh, you know, a decade ago when uh, she did the film Haywire with Steven Soderbergh. And I thought, um, you know, I thought she was underrated as a uh, as an MMA performer though people had doubts in her and I thought she was underrated as an actress and after Haywire I thought this has got to be something this has got to be a uh, a stepping stone a, a you know a launching pad for her as uh, as an actress and as a credible action star and nothing really came of it um that movie was 2011, and she did a Fast and the Furious, and she did, you know, a couple of shitty other films in between. And then she got noticed again with Deadpool, and I, honest to God, did not realize that the name of her character in Deadpool was Angel Dust. Didn't didn't know that until right now, looking it up on... Uh, on the IMDb. And she did a couple of more shitty movies that nobody gave a shit about. And then came The Mandalorian and the role of Cara Dune. And what a revelation it was for everybody. Uh, you know, here's Gina Carano and, and, and she's tough and strong and she doesn't have to be 101 pounds and, you know, credible in action scenes and yada, yada, yada. And then came Gina Carano's social media. Where, um, you know, she was asked to speak out on certain topics. Um, and And she did, and she didn't give the answers that people were hoping for or looking for. So, when she didn't give the answers that people were hoping for or looking for out of their their newly discovered hero, when it turned out that 
she was definitely right of center socially and I don't even know politically, but certainly socially. Um, a backlash started, and it seemed that uh, part of Carano's philosophy in dealing with people is that if you tell me I shouldn't think away, I'm going to think that way out of spite. And double down on it, and double down on it again, and double down on it again. So let's go to, um, let's go to Variety first, because Variety has an article from Wednesday afternoon, and then we'll go to the update, which just came over on deadline. So, uh, from Variety, three o'clock yesterday afternoon, Eastern time, Gina Carano, who plays Cara Dune on both seasons of Disney Plus's The Mandalorian, garnered backlash on social media sat uh, Wednesday after sharing several controversial posts on her Instagram story. Carano shared the posts on her story late Tuesday night. One of the posts she shared compared today's divided political climate to Nazi Germany. Quote, Jews were beaten in the streets, not by Nazi soldiers, but by their neighbors, even by children. Because history is edited, most people today don't realize that to get to the point where Nazi soldiers could easily round up thousands of Jews, the government first made their own neighborhoods, their, excuse me, their own neighbors hate them simply for being Jews. Oh, fuck, Gina. How is that any different from hating someone for their political views? The post, which was, end quote, the post which was originally made on a different Instagram account read. She basically regrammed somebody else's horrible bullshit. Another photo on Carano's story featured a person with several cloth masks covering their entire face and head. The caption was, Meanwhile in California... Both posts were removed from Carano's Instagram story Wednesday afternoon. Other posts, including a quote saying, quote, expecting everyone you encounter to agree with every belief or view you hold is fucking wild. And one saying, Jeff Epstein didn't kill himself, remained on the account. Many people on Twitter began using the hashtag FireGinaCarano tagging accounts for Disney. Disney Plus, Star Wars, and Lucasfilm, and requesting that Carano be dropped from The Mandalorian. Carano has courted social media controversy below, uh, before, previously sharing misinformation about mask wearing and voter fraud. In November 2020, she made light of people including their preferred pronouns on social media by adding beep, bop, boop to her Twitter bio, which many fans called out as transphobic. Carano later removed the words after she said she spoke to her Mandalorian co-star Pedro Pascal. Quote, He helped me understand why people are putting them in their bios. I didn't know before, but I do now. I won't be putting them in my bio, but good for all of you who choose to. I stand against bullying, especially the most vulnerable. And support the freedom to choose, she wrote at the time. Uh, just as an aside, uh, Pedro Pascal 
has a transgender sibling. Lux Pascal is a transgender woman. And uh, there is an article, a magazine article that may have just come out yesterday um, where she credits uh, Pedro's strength and support for uh, helping her um, realize her true self and go through her transition. So, yes, Pedro Pascal would probably have been, uh, a f- uh, you know, uh, a frontline warrior when uh, when Carano beep bop booped her Twitter bio. Uh, it just <sighs> I have been incredibly disappointed seeing this side of Gina Carano over the last few months. Because, uh, another show text. <laughs> because, you know, it was somebody that, this is a mistake that we all make. We make it less and less, I think, but we all make with, uh, artists, with creators and with, uh, performers. And we've talked about this on the show. We talked about this on the show more than once last year. That the person and the performer are not necessarily the same thing. And we talked about uh, whether or not we have the ability to separate the artist from their art. And the example I know I used at the time was Chris Benoit. Am I able to watch a Chris Benoit match knowing what happened to him in the end? Excuse me. And my answer was no. I watched, I'll tell you what, yesterday afternoon, coincidentally, I watched two minutes of highlights from the Bret Hart, uh, Chris Benoit tribute match to Owen Hart on WCW television. And it was the first time I watched it. In, I don't know, 15 plus years. And I just can't, um, I watched it and I thought, wow, that was some incredible stuff. But I can't enjoy it. I can't go back and say, I want to watch more of this. Because in the end, Chris Benoit turned out to be a murderer that distracts from show text repeating itself that distracts from my enjoyment of his art and some people can separate the art from the artist i can't listen to the bill cosby anymore though i did watch several episodes of the cosby show a few months ago i talked about that on the show um it's not the same it's really not the same I'm distracted by who I'm seeing on screen. And sometimes we just admire somebody's uh, creative output and we don't have information about the person and we don't need it. We're just enjoying their art. And sometimes people go out of their way to tell you who they really are. Like they're pulling off a mask. Here's a magic trick. I've been fooling you. Ta-da! 
Uh, and that's why, and that's why the high school on Family Guy is no longer called James Woods High. Because <laughs> sometimes people reveal to you who they are. And you just don't want to deal with it. You just can't. You can't respect them anymore. You don't respect them as a person. You don't like them as a person. They've insulted you in some way as a person. You don't want to. You don't want to patron. If you went into a store to buy to get a sandwich, and the guy behind the counter said, uh, "You know, you're a fucking this or that, and you don't deserve to live, or you don't deserve to have the same rights or freedoms that I do." I don't care how tasty the fucking sandwich is. You're probably not going back in there. You're probably not patronizing them anymore. Gina Carano went out of her way to fucking insult some people in the last few months. She went out of her way. She made an effort to insult some people. It's not It's not that some people didn't go out of their way to insult her. Bunch of keyboard fucking tough guys. That decided they didn't like her answer to one thing and they badgered her until she pulled the, you know, the cork out of the bottle and the genie was loose. The shit genie, the shit opinion genie, the bad take genie got out of the bottle, but, but it did. And now a lot of people aren't interested in fucking repatronizing or staying loyal to a show that has her as a part of it. Let's go to the second part of this. Deadline. Uh, I'm assuming this is uh, 9.37 Eastern Time. In the wake of Gina Carano's controversial social media posts, Lucasfilm has released a statement tonight with a spokesperson saying, quote, Gina Carano is not currently employed by Lucasfilm and there are no plans for her to be in the future. Nevertheless, her social media posts denigrating people based on their cultural and religious identities are abhorrent and unacceptable. End quote. Carano played the bounty hunter Cara Dune on the first two seasons of The Mandalorian and looked like we'd be seeing more of her. It appears not. The actress shared a TikTok post uh, uh, with a comparison of the divided political climate to Nazi Germany. I'm not going to read that quote again. We already read it. It's stupid. Uh, another photo. Uh, yeah, okay, we know that one too. Both posts were scrubbed from the actress's Instagram this afternoon. However, others picked it up and reposted it. See below. Other posts, including a quote saying, expecting everyone. Yeah, okay, we, we know the other post. Um, this is more or less, this is a lot of this is recounting the, the, the story we read from, from variety. Um, Carano and her supporters attempted to get the hashtag. We love Gina Carano to trend, but to little effect. Carano retweeted the post below on her account. Um, Carano has previously, previously stirred up the dust on social media with comments about mask wearing and voter fraud. Uh, yeah, this is this is the same article with just a, a different. Is it written by the same person? What the hell? Um, tell me more about the fucking. <sighs> tell me. 
<laughs> Tell me more about the uh, the Lucasfilm. Anyways, uh, all right. I thought we were gonna get more out of that sa- that follow up article, but no. Gina Carano is gone, and I I said on uh, Twitter a few times recently that um, you don't have to fire her, and that's apparently that's not what happened. So if I said that at the beginning of the show, uh, I correct myself. She wasn't fired. She's just not getting brought back. And here's what she's giving up. Like, they're preparing for uh, uh, the Rangers of the New Republic, which will probably be kind of a rogue squadron. Uh, you know, it'll be it'll be a um, post-Return of the Jedi uh cop show you know and she's been turned into her character Cara Dune was turned into a uh, a sheriff for Navarro the planet Navarro and so she would have been part of that they were setting her up to continue with her in, in all of these shows she would have been on more of the Mandalorian she would have been she could have been part of the Ahsoka Tano show. Who knows? Um, now, none of it. Now, none of it. And I don't mean, you know, the northern territories of Canada. She's, she's gone. I hope she's... I hope she makes enough money off the toys they've already sold of her to keep her mortgage going. Because... She's not going to get anything this prestigious again. Mm. Oh, well. Let's move on. There are other things going on in the world. Let's talk about some of them. Like Larry Flint passing away. Uh, I don't want to talk about this for too long because I find Larry Flint kind of abhorrent as a person. Uh, certainly the, the, the magazine he put out, not, not because it was pornography, cause God loved pornography, but, um, it, his commentary and his behavior is, he was a jackass. Uh, some of, some of the material that was in the magazine was pretty fucking racist at times. Eh, anyways, Hustler founder Larry Flint has died at 78. The Washington Post confirmed the news with his brother Jimmy. No cause of death was given. Flint made his fortune with Hustler magazine and associated businesses, but he made a name for himself by challenging cultural norms. He unapologetically called himself a pornographer. Injured by an assailant's bullet in 1978, Flint became known for his gold wheelchairs. That shooter said he was provoked by interracial photo spreads in Hustler. Well, that's... Flint was the kind of guy who there were no boundaries, right? So defending race, insulting race, okay, it's all the same. Do what you need to do. Fucking get a laugh, get a reaction shit. He was a get a reaction kind of guy. Um, So, you know, made enemies with everybody. I'm just, I'm not, I'm not going to. He's the uh, porno magazine equivalent of two live crew. Okay. Uh, what, what the old, uh, was the old, um, 
Mitchell, uh, Dennis, uh, Dennis Miller joke was, uh, was, you know, I, I, we want to defend, we want to defend free speech, but does it have to be this guy? <laughs> was that Dennis Miller or was that Bill Hicks? Might have been Bill Hicks. Anyways, fuck it. Uh, in 1988, Flint won a landmark U.S. Supreme Court case, Hustler Magazine versus Falwell, after having been sued for $45 million by Reverend Jerry Falwell Sr. for a crude parody of a liquor ad that appeared in Hustler. With backwoods humor, it intimated Falwell had been involved sexually with his mother in an outhouse. Oh, God. After losing multiple appeals, Flint won a unanimous ruling from the high court. The court declared that public figures cannot recover damages for, quote, infliction of emotional distress based on parodies. The historic First Amendment decision held that the interest in protecting free speech surpasses the interest in protecting public figures' emotional uh, emotions and reputations. Anyways, they made a movie about it, The People versus Larry Flint, if you, if you want to, uh, if you want to watch it. Eh, Larry Flint, 78 years old. Um, speaking of villains, Hollywood. Charisma, actress Charisma Carpenter has, uh, released a statement speaking out about director Joss Whedon. Uh, Whedon has been, uh, a target of, um, I don't want to say accusations because that sounds like there's doubt. He's been he's been the target of revelations by actor Ray Fisher about working on the set of uh Justice League when Whedon was brought in for reshoots. And other people have talked about uh have come out to talk about to support this, uh, to support the, these comments by Ray Fisher and talk about their own experiences with Joss Whedon, Charisma Carpenter is the latest to do so. And she talked about his, uh, abuse of power, uh, working on Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel. Uh, and a lot of this was centered around the time when she was pregnant. Uh, here from the, uh, from the statement, uh, to quote Charisma Carpenter, uh, I know, uh, I know because I had to experience it firsthand repeatedly, like his ongoing passive aggressive threats to fire me, which wreaks havoc on a young actor's self-esteem and callously calling me fat to colleagues when I was four months pregnant, weighing 126 pounds, 126 pounds, four months pregnant. Holy crap. That's not what that's the opposite of fat. Uh, he was mean and biting, disparaging about others openly and often played favorites, pitting people against one another to compete and vie for his attention and approval. He called me in for a sit down meeting to interrogate and berate me regarding a rosary tattoo that I got to help me feel more spiritually grounded in an increasingly volatile work climate that affected me physically. Joss intentionally refused multiple calls from my agents, making it impossible to connect with him to tell him the news that I was pregnant. 
Finally, once Joss was apprised of the situation, he requested a meeting with me. In that closed-door meeting, he asked me if I, quote, was gonna keep it. Oof. Creepy. And manipulative... That's just... just Unnecessary and manipulatively, uh, manipulatively weaponized my womanhood and faith against me. He proceeded to attack my character, mock my religious beliefs, accuse me of sabotaging the show, and then unceremoniously fired me the following season once I gave birth. Uh, it goes on and she has a lot to say. And, uh, you should find it. You should find this statement online and read it for yourself. Uh, and in the wake of that, uh, Michelle Trachtenberg, another Buffy co-star, uh, alleges not appropriate behavior by Joss Whedon on series. Fall. This is a headline from Deadline. Uh, this follows Sarah Michelle Gillar offering support for Charisma Carpenter and quote, all survivors of abuse. <sighs> That's not a defense of Joss Whedon, is it? Oh, man, this is... This is quite a day. This is... Yeah, Wednesday was quite a day for... Um... For dirtbags. <laughs> and the impeachment trial is going, but I'm not going to talk about the impeachment trial. I I do not... Here, uh, well, I'm not going to talk about the impeachment trial except to say this. Uh, I don't think anything's going to come of the impeachment trial. I don't think that the Senate will convict because the uh, Republican Party, especially the Senate, uh, especially the Senate because of the power of the Senate, uh, especially the Senate is going to their, their, their feckless, uh, uh, automatons, puppets, and, uh, they're going to, they're going to protect their money is what they're going to do. It's not, it's not even that they're protecting, uh, Trump per se. It's that they're, they are protecting, they're protecting their own, uh, voter base who they fear will turn on them if they turn on Trump and in turn, um, protecting the, their, their crooked money because, that's why most of these assholes are, are, are in politics is to game the system and, uh, and take, uh, take dirty money and some clean money, but to make money, they'll all, you know, uh, all of these idiots will leave office much, much richer than they entered, but they want to hang on to that power. So, uh, I look forward to the criminal cases against Donald Trump, which will pop up in the next few months. Let the government, let, let the federal government get on with the business of undoing what Trump has done. Um, there have to be consequences for the insurrection and for a lot of the other things he did, Trump did while he was in office, but it's going to come through, it's going to come through lower courts and state cases, uh, as opposed to this particular impeachment trial. All right. There. Had my say. Like it? Good. Uh, Tom Brady got drunk off his ass and was out fucking around with the Lombardi trophy on the weekend or the, through the week, I should say. Good for him. Good for him. Nobody, 
you can't everybody loves a Monday drunk. <laughs> um what else? Oh, here's one from TMZ. I saw this article a couple of different this news item a couple of different places. Uh, uh Aunt Jemima. Man, really? Pepsi? The Pepsi Co owns the Aunt Jemima brand? I did not realize that. Um or I've forgotten it. They've uh, they've come up with the new name for Aunt Jemima because we learned last year that Aunt Jemima and Uncle Ben's both those brands were going to get changed because hey, it's it's uh, it's not a nineteen twenty four fucking minstrel show anymore. Uh, you know the <laughs> the Aunt Jemima brand has been around since eighteen uh, ninety, I think. Yeah, yeah, like eighteen ninety, and um, even even redesigning the face of Aunt Jemima, it's uh, it's the legacy of a of a, a fucking racist fucking minstrel show uh, brand. So uh, Aunt Jemima is gone, and it will now officially the the product will officially be known as the Pearl. Milling Company. It's Pearl Milling Company syrup. That's fine. Let's <laughs> let's read into the article here. It's an historic day for all Americans who love pancakes. Oh, this will be written just so cute. Aunt Jemima is officially out and Pearl Milling Company is in. PepsiCo, the parent company of the syrup giant... The syrup giant. <laughs> the syrup giant sounds like a big gooey blob of a man that uh, fights Superman and he has to overcome the stickiness. You know, <laughs> he just flies right through, he punches right through him, comes out the other side and the syrup giant is fine and keeps wrecking Metropolis. But Superman is covered in goo. Sweet, tasty goo. <laughs> All right, let's not do this right now. Uh, <laughs> PepsiCo announced Tuesday it is, quote, starting a new day with the, uh, with Pearl Milling Company, rooted in the brand's historic beginnings and its mission to create moments that matter at the breakfast table. Moments that matter at the breakfast table? Is Billy coming out of the closet before he leaves for college? It, are your parents announcing their divorce are, are are we are we getting a new puppy? What what's the what's a fucking moment that matters with fucking flapjacks? Don't take your All right. All right, Anthony. All right. Calm down. It's not important. It's just advertising speak. Don't don't fucking lose your fucking Okay. All right. Stop talking to yourself. Go back to doing the podcast. So it's, it's everything's going to be fine. <sighs> okay. Back to the article. <laughs> there. <laughs> oh, even the article says it. That's a lot of corporate speak for we scrapped Aunt Jemima and created a new logo that's still tied to history, but without the stereotyped image of a black woman with a headscarf in the kitchen. There you go. <laughs> 
No more hitting Tom with a broom while he chases Jerry the mouse. And here's some pancakes. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I mean, all comedy aside, it ain't fucking easy being black some days, man. I mean, some days, some days you smile and, and laugh to get through it. And some days you just think, fuck, I wish I could enjoy just a slice of watermelon on a hot summer day without some white motherfucker coming up and making a joke. Yeah. Anyways, back to the article again. (laughs) PepsiCo filed to trademark the new logo on February 1st. You'll recall last summer that the company said Jemima had to go after it took a look at all its brands to ensure they reflect our value, quote, reflect our values and meet our consumers' expectations. It's a reckoning several companies had in the wake of George Floyd's death and a national outcry for racial equality. The previous logo had been a staple for more than 130 years, but PepsiCo admitted, quote, while the Aunt Jemima brand was updated over the years in a manner intended to remove racial stereotypes, it has not progressed enough to appropriately reflect the dignity, respect, and warmth that we stand for today. The character, of course, was based on an 1800s mammy, a black servant in a white household. The Aunt Jemima figure was portrayed by a real-life woman named Nancy Green, who'd actually been born into slavery. We talked about her on the show. I think we we, we did a, a, a little bit of a dive into her life. PepsiCo says the Pearl Milling Company name is a nod to the 19th century company that created the original ready-made pancake mix. Its new logo uses the same color scheme, red, white, and yellow, as the previous logo. Yeah, if you look at the two bottles together, um, they are incredibly simple, uh, incredibly similar. Um, they basically have have just removed the um the aunt jemima name and the picture the 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 illustration of the woman and replace it with an illustration of the pearl milling company building and the name with you know very similar lettering i think it's the same font pearl milling company with a since 18 whatever uh 1890 whatever there 1889 you know um you know, kudos to them for for finally doing the right thing. It's like the Washington Redskins. Just, ew, ew. Come on. It's a racial slur. You can't defend it to me. Somebody did, yes. Somebody tried yesterday. We had a conversation. It was nice to have a conversation with somebody who is on the other side of the fence, but is willing to... Uh, listen and assimilate new information and and if convinced could change their opinion you know or you know see sense of hey look you you're gonna maintain your wrong opinion Uh, at least admit you're wrong (laughs) and the reason you're remaining wrong is because you're old and stayed in your ways um yeah 
Anyways, uh, do I want to talk about anything else? Um, let's check. I said I said on on uh, on Instagram I'd take some questions. Um, I I posted that too late. There there we're just yeah. Mark Mandrake, our good friend Mark Mandrake, asked me some questions here about. Uh, uh, okay, this is likely because I'm so busy because of classes, but. What exactly did Carano do or say this time? Well, Mark, listen back to... If you're listening to the episode, you already heard. Um, okay. Yeah, we're going to wrap it up today. Um, let's talk about stuff that's going on with yours truly. Uh, Twitch. I'm doing more Twitch streaming. And... Uh, I'm sorry. I just had to look down as Chloe walked across the apartment didn't give a shit that I'm sitting here. She was, she, I think she just took a drink of water and, and she's going somewhere. Are you, you up to something? You busy? She's not really turning her head to look all the way at me. Okay. All right. She's, <laughs> it's nighttime. She's got, she's got running around like an idiot to do, I guess. Um, more Twitch streaming. Twitch. Dot TV slash my name is Kingdom. Uh, last night, uh, Robert Parker Williams from oh hi from uh, the Russell Rex promotion in Pittsburgh joined me as I streamed a uh, Corey Graves versus Steve Carino match from a show that he promoted, the Devil Budokan Memorial Show. Uh, from 2008, and we talked about Devil Budokan, and we talked about the show and the match, and uh, made mention of a few uh, dearly departed friends, uh, Devil Budokan, of course, included. And uh, and it was very fun. So I've been uh, streaming more Among Us. We got a Tuesday game of Among Us now, and then I'm I'm going to be streaming more uh, wrestling as we go on and hopefully have more guests join me to talk about the matches and the shows that I'm streaming. Um, that is like one of my early tests on Twitch a few weeks ago was some one PW and I had Joe Dombrowski call in tonight. It was, uh, Robert Parker Williams, Bobby Williams, uh, I'd like to do some of my XPW uh, stuff and get some XPW people, Kevin Kleinrock maybe, or Joey Chaos. I'd love to get some of those guys to comment on on some XPW stuff with me, and on and on and on. So yeah, that's what that's what I plan to do with that. So uh, Monday nights at seven, I'm going to be playing for the next little while. I'm going to be playing GeoGuessr, which is that Google Street Map. We the game plunks you down somewhere, and you have to figure out where you are. Uh, we did two hours of that on Monday night, and it was very fun. So I'll be doing that again this coming Monday. Uh, and then some wrestling at seven o'clock on on uh, you know Tuesday, Wednesday kind of thing. Or no, GeoGuessr on Monday, Among Us on Tuesday, wrestling at seven on Wednesday. Uh, probably among us again, Thursday nights at nine Friday, we'll do some wrestling. Maybe Saturday we'll do some wrestling. That seems to be so. Yeah, there's, there's plenty of, uh, it seems like a, an actual schedule is forming. 
So I'll I'll post that. I'll post that soon, and you'll be able to know when to tune in to me on uh, Twitch. Um, yeah, and, you know, hey, Patreon. Come on, consider it. Patreon.com slash my name is kingdom oh uh next week um a week from today you should be listening to an interview with dave bedini from the band the rio statics canadian band uh dave is also an uh, a multiple time author i think he's done like 14 uh books he, d- he does a lot of writing about hockey uh he's also the publisher of a local newspaper in toronto called the west end phoenix and he's just a very interesting dude and I, uh, I participated in an article for the West End Phoenix. So I said, Hey, tit for tat, you got to come on the, the podcast. And he said, yes. And, um, so we're going to record that next week and it'll be online on Thursday. I don't know what's coming on Monday's show. Somebody, something, something good. I hope <laughs> working on guests and, uh, Hey, listen, this still goes. If you know a famous person. Do you know a famous person? Who's the most famous person you know who isn't already in my phone book? If you know a famous person, cough them up. Get them on the show. I'll send you some t-shirts or something. Cough them up. (laughs) All right. That's it for today. So, uh, guys, gals, non-binary pals, until we meet again, please take care of each other. Find some good trouble to get into. Your Uncle Kingdom loves you. Bye.